Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of October 28. In the news, the Council of the Collective Security Treaty Organization holds extraordinary session about potentially providing assistance to Armenia. Russian President Vladimir Putin says Armenia has two options for settling the conflict. And the leaders of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia to meet in Sochi on October 31. At the time of recording, the Council of the Collective Security Treaty Organization is discussing the results of the fact-finding mission sent to Armenia following Azerbaijan's large-scale attack on September 13 and 14 and joint efforts to potentially provide assistance to Armenia in an extraordinary online session. Speaking about the upcoming uh, CSTO meeting during a Q&A session in Parliament on October 26, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan stated that Armenia expects the military alliance to give a clear assessment of the Azerbaijani aggression and to adopt a roadmap on restoring the territorial integrity of Armenia. During the council session, Russia's President Vladimir Putin announced that Moscow has always supported Armenia in ensuring its security. Putin also noted that Russia is doing everything possible for the normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Putin noted that Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia have historical ties which must be considered. He once again stated that Armenia-Azerbaijani relations can be normalized only within the framework of the three trilateral statements, the first one being uh, the statement, the ceasefire statement of November 9, 2020, then January 11 and November 26 of 2021. The CSO Council session comes on the heels of the arrival of two EU missions in Armenia. On October 26, the European monitoring mission started to patrol the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. The advanced group of the mission had arrived in Armenia two weeks ago, where where they met with uh, Armenia's government officials. And over the weekend, an OSC needs assessment group led by Colonel Robert Arkudius Tukacic, the representative of the Polish chairmanship of the OSC, arrived in Yerevan. The OSC representatives were received by Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan, Secretary of the Security Council Armen Grigorian, and visited the regions of Sunik and Kerarkunik, which came under intense fire by Azerbaijani armed forces uh, in mid-September. The EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Tovio Klar, arrived in Yerevan today. At the time of recording, he was received by the Secretary of Army and Security Council, Armen Grigorian. They discussed the EU monitoring mission and uh, Armenia-Azerbaijan negotiations processes. Maria Zakharova, the Special Representative of the Russian Foreign Ministry, again criticized the EU and U.S. involvement in the region. According to Zakharova, Russia is worried that the West is trying to transfer the confrontational mechanisms tested on Ukraine to the South Caucasus. She also added that despite steps taken by the West to, quote, discredit Russia's policy in the region in order to damage centuries-old ties, those attempts to drive a wedge between Yerevan and Moscow will not be successful. Zakharva refuted accusations that Moscow is not fulfilling its obligations regarding the security of Armenia, calling them groundless. She noted that it was Russia that stopped the war back in November 2020, sent peace keepers, quote, who brought peace and stability to the region, end of quote, and contributed substantially to the settlement of armed incidents between Baku and Yerevan. Zakharov also said that foreign forces are trying to achieve the withdrawal of the Russian peacekeeping mission from Nagorno-Karabakh, which, according to her, will destabilize the South Caucasus. Zakharova said that the real goals of Washington and Brussels are not compromise and balanced solutions, but self-promotion and pushing Russia out of the region, adding that the arrival 
arrival of Western emissaries to Armenia under the guise of the EU, OSC, and France do not take into account the interests of the entire populations of the region. Against the backdrop of these developments, the leaders of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia are set to meet in Sochi, Russia, on October 31. Russia's President Vladimir Putin had extended the invitation to Prime Minister Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev in mid-October in Astana. The last meeting facilitated by Putin was a year ago. It was on November 26, 2021. During a speech at the Valde Discussion Club, a Moscow-based think tank, Uh, Putin said that Armenia has two options for settling the conflict and that Russia will accept whichever option Armenia chooses. According to the Russian president, if Armenia decides to proceed with Washington's offer, then Armenia will have to recognize Gharapagh uh, as part of Azerbaijan. He said that if the Armenian people and the government decide that Gharapagh is in a unique situation and that it should be mentioned in the peace treaty between this is between Armenia and Azerbaijan, envisioned to be signed, this will be acceptable for Russia as well. Quote, Armenia is our strategic partner and our ally, and we of course will focus on what Armenia will offer, Putin noted. He also said, however, that it is necessary to consider Azerbaijan's position because any agreement must also be acceptable for them as well. Putin went on to say that Russia is not going to impose anything on Armenia. However, if past Armenian leaders had agreed to the return of the five regions that were not important for Armenia to Azerbaijan, as Moscow had proposed, the situation today would have been different. And today, Prime Minister Pashinyan tweeted that Armenia had agreed to establish relations with Azerbaijan based on the proposals of Russia in the beginning of September. Pashinyan also noted that Armenia is ready to reconfirm its readiness to cooperate with Russia in hopes that Moscow will stand by its proposals. Speaking about the upcoming Sochi meeting and Armenia's expectations from the trilateral uh, format, during the Q&A session, uh, again in Parliament two days ago, Pashinyan said that the most important expectations that Armenia has are related to the assessment and interpretation of the events that took place on the Armenia-Azerbaijani border in September. He also said that issues regarding stability and security in Nagorno-Karabakh, announcements about the so-called corridor, as well as border demarcation and the creation of border security mechanisms will be on the agenda in Sochi. Commenting on the trilateral meeting in Sochi, State Department spokesperson Nat Price stated that the U.S. is committed to peace negotiations between Armenia and Azerbaijan and has encouraged both leaders to meet in whatever format is most useful to them. He stated Washington's belief that direct dialogue is key to resolving issues and to reaching a lasting peace. According to Price, it's ultimately for Armenia and Azerbaijan to decide whether President Putin's invitation would be helpful or useful to either country in pursuit of lasting peace. Russia's 2008 invasion of Georgia and its ongoing brutal invasion of Ukraine suggests that Moscow has little respect for its neighbor's sovereignty and it's hardly a reliable long-term partner, Price noted. Ahead of the trilateral meeting in Sochi on October 30, the political forces represented in the parliament of Arsakh will hold an emergency emergency session and a rally dedicated to the dignified and secure future of the republic. The organizers of the rally have urged everyone to participate to jointly express the determination of Artsakh's people to manage their own fate in their homeland. Yesterday, Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev received Russia's Deputy Prime Minister Alexei Overchuk, who is also a co-chair of the Armenia-Azerbaijan-Russia Trilateral Working Group, tasked with unblocking regional communications. The progress that the working group has made was discussed during that meeting. Also yesterday, Azerbaijan's Deputy Prime Minister Shahin Mustafayev, the Azerbaijani co-chair of the 
Trilateral Working Group and the head of Azerbaijan's Border Commission on Demarcation and Delimitation stated that the Zangezur Corridor is not an extraterritorial road but rather a transportation corridor which is a route that passes through the territory of countries that conduct coordinated transport customs and other policies in order to reduce the cost and time of cargo transportation. He also stated that since the November 9th statement entails that Russia will oversee the road linking Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan, Armenia should be asked whether that is a violation of its sovereignty or not. Well, I think it's important here to just to read out uh, Section 9 of that November 9th statement, which he's referring to, and it says, All economic and transport links in the region shall be unblocked. The Republic of Armenia shall guarantee the safety of transport communication between the western regions of the Republic of Azerbaijan and the Nakhichevan Autonomous Republic with a view to organize the unimpeded movement of citizens, vehicles, and cargo in both directions. Control over transport communication shall be executed by the border control service bodies of the FSB of Russia. So, I mean, just to try to understand, they're playing with words, and when they go to meetings, they don't talk so much about uh, a corridor, they talk about a transportation corridor and trying to give it different nuances than what it actually is. Well, Mustafa, I have also stated that the roads that Armenia suggests, which will create a link between Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan, that, that he's referring to the three checkpoints that the Armenian government is ready to open, will not be suitable for transportation communication with Nakhichevan for most of the year because of the landscape and the climate conditions. He stated that Armenia is refusing to provide provide an optimal road to Azerbaijan to connect. And the Armenia-Azerbaijan Border Commissions for Delimitation and Border Security, chaired by the Deputy Prime Ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan, Meher Grigorian and Shahin Mustafayev, will meet during the first week of November in Brussels. This will be the third meeting of the Border Commissions. The first one took place back in May on the Armenian-Azerbaijan border near Yerash on the Armenian-Nakhichevan border and on August 30 in Moscow. This week, Armen Khachatryan, the deputy chair of the Parliamentary Standing Commission on Defense and Security, announced that Azerbaijan has occupied 127 square kilometers of Armenia's territory. During, this was during the CSTO Parliamentary Council. He did not provide further details, stating that the number refers to Azerbaijan's occupation starting from 2021. Right, and this was an important announcement because, just as a reminder, in 2021, Azerbaijani Armed Forces encroached into Armenia's sovereign territory. This was in uh, between May 12 and 14 in Sunik and Kerarkunik. Then on November 16 of that same year, they launched another large-scale invasion in Sunik. Following the November escalation, Prime Minister Pashinyan had announced that Azerbaijan had occupied 41 square kilometers of Armenian territory. After the September attack, this is of this year. Uh, against Armenia, Pashinyan declared that Azerbaijan had occupied another 10 square kilometers, and we thought at the time that it was 51 square kilometers, but now they're talking, this is the first time that we're hearing uh, this number of 127 square kilometers being occupied. And also this week, Ilham Aliyev was in Georgia for an official visit where he expressed hope to Prime Minister Irakli Gharibashvili that Armenia will show political will and sign a peace treaty with Azerbaijan. According to him, the peace treaty must be based on fundamental principles of international law. Aliyev also stated that peace will come to the South Caucasus if Armenia signs a peace treaty with Azerbaijan.
Aliyev noted that Azerbaijan is interested in launching uh, an Azerbaijan-Armenia-Georgia cooperation format if Armenia is interested. Aliyev and Garibashvili also visited an exhibition titled The Heritage of the Garapakhanet, which allegedly explored Azerbaijani heritage in Garapakh, and this really irked a lot of uh, people, you know, uh, in Armenia and there was a lot of comments about Garibashvili's face as he was going through these uh, images of Azerbaijan. It's very, not very in- inducive to peace in the South right. Caucasus, uh, and any kind of uh, an exhibition with this title uh, or trilateral formats in the future. Well, over the weekend, Azerbaijani armed forces violated the de- ceasefire regime twice, at the same time accusing Armenia of firing in the direction of the Azerbaijani military positions. Armenia's defense ministry denied all accusations. Uh, there have been no reports about ceasefire violations during the, the week this week. Last week, we almost reported a violation every day. Every day. Yesterday, Azerbaijan handed over the bodies of 10 Armenian soldiers. Earlier in the week, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan had tweeted that Azerbaijan was hindering the retrieval of uh, Armenian soldiers' bodies. On October 14 in Astana, during the CIS summit, Pashinyan had made uh, similar statements about this. And yesterday, Adam Torosian, the Speaker of Armenia's Defense Ministry, reported that as of October 27, 71 soldiers wounded in the September 13-14 Azerbaijani aggression have been released from a hospital. Another 130 have received treatment and are in rehabilitation. According to Torosian, there are servicemen who continue to remain in the hospitals, but they are not in serious or critical condition. After the September offensive, the Armenian side reported uh, 293 injured soldiers and over 200 casualties. And in diplomatic news, uh, yesterday Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan talked over the phone with his Russian counterpart Sergei Lavrov. According to Armenia's Foreign Ministry, the sides exchanged ideas on the agenda of the extraordinary session of the Collective Security uh, Council, which is taking place uh, as we speak. Mirzoyan underscored the importance of concrete efforts of the CSTO aimed at the withdrawal of Azerbaijani armed forces from the sovereign territory of Armenia. The Foreign Ministers also discussed issues related to the to regional security and stability. And the Secretary of Armenia's Security Council, Armin Grigorian, had a phone conversation with the Special Assistant to the U.S. President and Senior Director of European Affairs at the U.S. National Security Council, Amanda Sloat. The parties discussed the agenda for expanding and developing Armenia-U.S. bilateral relations. On October 27, Defense Minister Suren Babikian received a delegation from the French Defense Ministry headed by Guillaume Olangier, the head of the Europe America Multilateral Operations Service of the General Department of International Relations and Strategy. No other details have been made public about the meeting. Secretary of the Security Council Armen Grigorian also met with the French delegation. The prospects of French-Armenian cooperation in the defense sector were discussed, among other issues. This week, Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan was in the Vatican, where he was received by Pope Francis and held other meetings with officials from the Vatican. Mirzoyan briefed the Pope on the situation unfolding in our region. During Mirzoyan's visit, a holy mass for peace to Armenia, dedicated to the 30th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between Armenia and the Holy See, was held in the Papal Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore.
Konstantin Zatulin, Russia's first deputy chairman of the State Duma Committee on Issues of the CIS and Russian Nationals, was barred from entering Armenia this week. Zatulin, who received a formal letter from Armenia's National Assembly informing him that his presence in Armenia is not welcome because of his statements harming Armenian-Russian relations, called the move insulting and unexpected. Zatulin was supposed to arrive in Yerevan to participate in a session of the Lazarev Club, This is an informal platform for meetings and exchanging ideas uh, between the societies of Armenia and Azerbaijan, according to their website. Uh, with the participation of Armenian and Russian public figures, Zatulin has criticized Nikol Pashinyan's government for Armenia's defeat in the 2020 Artsakh war on several occasions, calling for the prime minister's resignation. Recently, he told Yergir Media that Pashinyan had promised a corridor to Azerbaijan, allegedly uh, under the November 9 um, ceasefire statement. Following the news about Zatulin's ban to enter Armenia, Margarita Simonian, the editor-in-chief of Russia Today, announced that she has also been banned from entering Armenia. Simonian is also known for criticizing Armenia and its government. She is of Armenian origin. Maria Zakharova announced yesterday that Russia has asked officially Yerevan to clarify the situation around Zadulin and Simonian. In other news, the Executive Board of the International Association of Genocide Scholars has released a statement condemning Azerbaijan's invasion and ongoing aggression against the Armenian people and expressed concern about the risk of genocide against the Armenian population. A statement issued by the association noted that the current violence by Azerbaijan is part of a lengthy related process of violence by the Azerbaijani regime against the indigenous Armenian population of the South Caucasus. According to the association, Azerbaijani authorities have been openly delivering hate speech against Armenians. This week, Armenia's government adopted a draft law amending the law on military service and the status of servicemen. With these amendments, after completing six months of mandatory service, conscript soldiers will be given a chance to sign a military service contract and become contract servicemen. The contract will be signed for a minimum of five years. According to Defense Minister Suren Babikian, this is one of the steps in the direction of creating a professional army. And also uh, in other um, legislation-related news, the government has decided to allocate 20 billion Armenian dirhams to Artsakh, Uh, for providing housing for the people displaced during the 2020 Artsakh war. And a couple of days ago, had reported that the family of former health minister Arsen Torosian has launched a new fish farm in Ghazaravan called Fish Farm Management, LLC. Ghazaravan is a village in Armenia's Aragatsotan region. Torosian's father owns uh, 80% of the company. The other 20% of the shares is owned by Sarkis Tadevosian, the father of Razmik Tadevosian, who is an advisor to the governor of the Aragatsotan region. Uh, fish farm management LSC received a three-year water use permit for fish farming in 2022. Today, uh, this morning, actually, Arsene Torosian commented on the investigation published by HEDC, saying that HEDC has not revealed anything new as he and his family have declared all their assets and income as required by law. Torosian also noted that he and his family have until May 2023 to declare their 2022 income. According to Torosian, the law does permit the relatives of public officials to have businesses.
According to a survey conducted by the Caucasus Research Resource Center, Armenians believe that the media, the courts, and the parties' alliances are among the most corrupt institutions in the country. According to the survey, in the public perception, the healthcare system and the electoral processes are also corrupt. The human rights defender was perceived as the least corrupt. At the time of the survey, Arman Tatoyan was Armenia's ombudsperson. The survey was conducted uh, between October and November 2021. 1,520 people participated in face-to-face interviews. And Armenian weightlifters won 15 medals during the 2020 European Junior and Under-23 Weightlifting Championships. The Armenian athletes brought home 7 gold, 4 silver and 4 bronze medals. It's nice to end on a happy note. And just as a reminder for our listeners, today we just published our second EVN security report for October 2022. It's uh, entitled Hybrid Warfare and the Asymmetrical Disparity. It's by a uh, political scientist and international security expert, Dr. Nerses Kopalian. Just a, as a brief, the security context for the month of October can be better understood. He writes as the changing configuration between Armenia's implementation of its diplomatization of security doctrine against Azerbaijan's multi-tiered hybrid warfare doctrine. A very interesting read for those who want to follow that, and we'll be publishing this each month at the end of each month. So That's about all the news we have from Armenia and the region. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.